2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com.
0: Paterka. Carlo playing it behind the Bruins goal. On the corner, Clickman's going to step up and take this one on the right side. Back sends it in front. Scores! Tage Thompson
3: rips it home. Welcome back, TN. Talk to Lorai, he winds in. fires, saved by Levi, loose puck in front, up into the air, glove down, still free, shot from the far circle, Mike Geeky didn't get through, and Buffalo's got a 2-on-1 the other way on the counter. Eric Robinson coming in as the second man, they SCORE! Victor Olofsson, Sabres win it, 3-1 the final score, they beat the Bruins in Boston. Devin Levi comes back to Boston, and Tage Thompson is back on the score sheet for the Sabres. What an effort. Win
0: against the Bruins, and now it's Montreal next at home in black and red on Saturday night. Welcome in. It's a Friday installment of Sabres Live. Bad news, Marty. I'll be back on the set tomorrow with you. So uh, if you want to say sweet nothings to Howard, get him out of your system now.
3: Oh, I can say, I say sweet nothings to everybody, Yeah, everybody <laughs> all the time. So, you know, you, you know, it was great to have Howard get a win because, look, uh, it's not been the best of the last, like, let's see, 20 years when it comes to, uh, well, maybe 30 years, 40 years when it comes to, uh, uh, sports in, in Western New York, right? With, uh, success. And there's been some good times, but, um, so Howard was telling me, like, it, it was hard doing the morning show sometimes and some Monday mornings and some days after playoff losses and whatnot. So, uh, I'm glad that, uh, he got a win to be able to do a fun pose game show. We're actually huh? duffer, funny enough. In the before going on the pregame, mm-hmm. we were thinking of topics to talk about in the pose game. You know, <laughs> if it didn't go well, like if we, if Howard went 0 and 4 or whatnot, or yeah. like we were thinking, okay, he's like, any any one of your kids did something great this week because last time we brought up your daughter and all of that so we were we're thinking about certain, like how to go about if they win or if they lose. And so we had fun with that.
0: I admire your preparation for such a circumstance, which did not materialize because the Sabres did win in Boston for the first time in this calendar year, 2023. They missed it by hours uh, at the end of 2022. But here's the thing. You mentioned and Howard mentioned your kids, right? It's almost always about the kids with the Sabres. And Devin Levi comes in. I just checked the game sheet. Right before we started, <laughs> it's, it now says 30 shots against, so 29 saves. Um, regardless of whether it ended up being 28 or 32, there was a pretty significant confidence within Levi's game last night. Um, what it, How would you rate his performance? Yep. And
3: the real question, what now? The real question, what now, I'm going to leave it for... In 90 seconds. um, How would I rate Levi's performance yesterday uh, under control? Like, I don't want to say great because look, there's always things in the game that you're going to work on, but I thought it was under control. That saved the Pasternak in the first period When Passer tried to go short side on him and then the puck got out of the zone and they countered and he made the glove save on Pasternak, I thought that was an aggressive type of in control uh, save, confidence save. So I think it set the tempo for Levi. He wasn't as scrambly as we've seen him early in the season. And funny enough, he talked about how the chaos in the AHL probably helped him get back to his structure. And I'm like, well, I almost felt like Maybe it's the other way. Um, and maybe that's just a feeling that you have when you play in that. But I feel that the slowing things down in Rochester probably allowed him to get back to some structure where he wasn't as scrambly in the game against Boston as he did earlier in the season. But more importantly, I think um he looked he looked good. He was really high up in his crease, which a goalie with his size, a UC Saros type guy, a Dustin Wolf in in Calgary type guy, got to play six to eight inches higher in your crease to be able to be a little bit bigger. And I thought he did that really well.
0: Wolf looks remarkably small in a post-game oh my God. victory celebration in Calgary compared to the Giants that they
3: typically have manning the pipes there. So, Not yeah. only that, <laughs> what color gear does he have? Dark. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. it makes him look even smaller than he yeah, really yeah. is because he yeah. has dark gear on.
0: Anyway, enough of Dustin Wolf. We'll get to him soon enough. Yes. Um, because Shana Goldman's with us at the bottom of the hour. And Wolf, uh, well, he'll be affected potentially by a goalie carousel if it ever gets moving. Um, so
3: did you answer the what now? You didn't answer. No, that. I didn't answer the what now. I, I was hoping you or were going to forget. I for, was waiting for the 90 seconds to expand. I was hoping you <laughs> were going to forget. So what now? What now? Well, there's no ukupikolukinen at practice this morning. So still bothered by the, Boy, um, the illness, I, right? I, I can sympathize. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Still bothered by the illness. So I don't think you have to really think too much about the what now. You have Levi. You have Comrie. You play Montreal Canadiens tomorrow. I mean, that's pretty simple to me. You just beat the Boston Bruins. You're going back with Levi against, you know, is is the team he grew up in Montreal, grew up watching. He hasn't played them yet. I know it's not in Montreal, but still, there's something special about that. He got to experience Boston, mm-hmm. in Boston, where he won the Beanpot, where he played college hockey with Northeastern. So, hey, did you think the banner looked awfully patchwork?
0: The Northeastern banner? Yeah. Like they had a little square like where they stamped on the new year on there. Yeah. Like, I I on. feel like it's like, like
3: that with every one of them there because there's so many banners that the ones that don't are not Celtics and Bruins yeah, kinda yeah. get like one banner with a lot of added on. Um <laughs> anyway. Which is I fine. But so. which is which is fine because I mean the bean pot is a big event, but it's only yeah. one tournament a year. So Correct. um but no. I I think you, and I've been wrong many times before, but I think this one is a pretty, pretty quick slam dunk. You go with Levi against Montreal. Oh, that's the million dollar question. And that's the thing with a win in Boston is it almost brought more questions than, than answers after the game because of the Levi game, because of, I thought Eric Robinson was good. I thought, Mm -hmm. Power and Samuelson were good together. So when Darlene returns, how does that affect that? There's so many questions right now. Let's tackle Darlene. not
0: on the ice either
3: today. Yeah, Darlene not on the ice either today. So, um, I mean, we'll see. Um, Here's the goalie question. If I almost feel like Eric Comrie is going to get another game at some point here Mm -hmm. to try to see, hey, where are you at? Did not like his game against the Carolina Hurricanes said it himself, right? And obviously, we're, wasn't able to get a good game against Detroit uh, or get a win. Mm-hmm. So now, you're kind of falling back, you know, taking steps backwards a little bit where, you know, Lukanen's taking steps forward and now Levi took a step forward. And maybe Levi gets an opportunity tomorrow to take another step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Sabres, feel that a weekend in Rochester be... The, the the recipe for Levi's return maybe maybe that that doesn't change things maybe it's just hey, he still needs development time in Rochester uh, but I think the question is less on Levi now that it is more on Eric Comrie can he be a guy in your rotation now uh, and play every three or four games as a number two and 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 at this moment I I want to say yes because I think Eric Comrie is a good goaltender and I think he's a great guy Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know that the answer is yes right now they're going to give him another start at some point and that may be the decision-making start for the Buffalo Sabres and Air Comrie
0: the common denominator to just about every answer Don Granato had post-game last night also ties in with the topic here that you just addressed if this team competes. Yes. the way it's supposed to compete each and every one of those goaltenders you just mentioned will benefit from it.
3: Yeah. It's that 100%. simple.
0: It's that simple. And like historic recent history shows, the Sabres have not been, and this is, there are many, many, many reasons for it. And it's like when Colorado won the cup and they sucked on faceoffs. you don't have to be the highest ranking team in blocked shots. It's, it, it's 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 a reflection of how you systematically play the game and where you want your guys, what your goaltenders want, and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But on nights like last night, when you see Matthias Samuelson block nine shots, which is two off of the recorded team high of Jay McKee in 2006, yeah. that's effort. That's giving everything humanly possible, right? And so, by extension, you could go through so... Many players on the roster last night and go, Good game, good game, like that, like that, good mm-hmm. work, lots of shots. Paterka, huge hit, six shots, another goal, tied for the team lead, right? Like on and on and on and it goes. But why? Because of compete. Yeah. And like, I kind of hate the word as it's evolved over time. Like, it's, you know, from it a- should be
3: a given. You should be competing every night in the NHL. And when you right. have to single out compete, you have an issue. And I think that's why Don Granado post game was was short with his answer, and he almost had a frustrated look on his face, like, we just beat Boston. We beat New York last week, but we've had some some bad games in between. Why? Because we've been telling the guys, and Kevin Adams had told the guys, it's about compete. It's about compete. And in those two games, Rangers, Boston, some of the best teams in the league, you competed, and the results were there. And that, to me, and it's not about power play, and again, it's not about block shots. It's not about You lose a draw, right? The Sabres lost a draw on Tate Thompson's goal. Mm -hmm. What did they do? They competed hard to try to get the puck back. And so that's a lost draw that results in a goal. Not a, okay. Paterco's goal is a win draw that results in a goal. Big goal. It set up the one nothing game, but that was a huge goal, two nothing. Mm -hmm. And you lost the draw, but you still got it back because you competed.
0: Well, it was huge for a few seconds because once again, they had the fate of the next shift, which is the most important one of the game. When it follows a goal, they immediately gave one up and it was a, you know, crappy bounce. It went off Eric Johnson again, and, yeah. and all of a sudden it was a one goal game again. So not to dispute the Thompson significance of the goal, but um, yeah, it ebbs and, you know, it, it goes, look, stuff's going to happen. They want to Hey, they want to draw from Dylan cousins that led to the Paterka goal. Yeah. So, I mean, but you know what? I, and I didn't I, correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think Zach Benson got nearly enough love for that goal. The, to me, oh, an ongoing the screen. I kept talking about the screen. Ongoing challenge for this team is having a screen. It doesn't, ha- I, you know, overused his net front presence. Zach wasn't even close to the net at this point. That was the beauty of it. Everything happens within three seconds or less off that draw. But Benson knew instinctively where he could be most impactful in that moment. Lightning fast. Man, this kid is so around it and so aware. I absolutely loved what he did on that play. Slight
3: interference on Jake DeBrusque as DeBrusque is trying to come out. Nothing that's worthy of a penalty, but just a slight interference. So now Pasternak has to come over a little longer. DeBrusque doesn't get there. And Allmark was partially screened by Greslick in front of him, but he can look around that screen if it's just one, but then he looks to the right and oh, Benson is in the right lane. And now the puck comes in, doesn't see it all the way. I thought that Benson screen um, was a big reason why Paterka was able to uh, get the goal. You need to be shooting there. A lot of guys would be like, oh, I'm going to go to the point or I'm going to cycle it. No plays off face off. We see it. Every day in the National Hockey League, you get a a face-off win that's clean to the net, to the net, Mm -hmm. take it to the net right away.
0: Yeah, and obviously Buffalo saw it recently against Detroit and against Nashville and on and on and on it goes. So anyway, full credit to Zach Benson, who we've discussed a number of times, um, you know, just keeps uh, solidifying his position on this roster, potentially for the duration of the year. The other player that I have in that category, and don't forget uh, our favorite, Shannon Goldman um, comes up at the bottom of the hour here on this Friday edition of Sabres Live. Amherst, by the way, are home tonight. They've got Charlotte on yep. a Friday night tilt with Dustin Tokarski and goal. We'll run through their roster a little bit later. They've got injuries on the blue line. Uh, both Zach Metza and Ethan Prower are out, um, but they have an interesting configuration up front. So we'll talk about the Amherst a little later, but a former Amherst, one who played nine games for them this year and had four assists has now played 14 games as a Buffalo Sabre. Has Ryan Johnson played his last AHL game?
3: Um, I can't say that for sure because with the way that the roster is set up, And if you need a roster spot at some time and you can always put Ryan Johnson in the American league without having to go on waivers and lose anybody, there's always going to be that option open, but it wouldn't be because he doesn't deserve to be in Buffalo and doesn't belong in the NHL. I think it may just be a numbers game at some point in the season. If your team's fully healthy and you know, are you looking at maybe making a couple of moves? And and uh, is there enough roster spot? But what I like about Ryan Johnson, it's not always perfect Duffer. Like there, he made some mistakes. He had a couple of bad passes on breakouts. He lost the puck one time on the half wall right in front of the Sabres bench. And Boston's almost coming back but he works hard and he's always moving his feet and he's always moving in somewhere in direction, either offensively or defensively. He's never standing still. And that I love. And that's why he's so effective. And he and Henry Oki you look good. Now, yes. again, the question was asked to Don Granado in the post game. Hey, what did you think of power and Samuelson together? Could that be a unit mm-hmm. when Dalian returns? And then, and I, I like the power Samuelson pairing together because number one, I don't think Owen Power has had this jump offensively that we know he can have. Mm-hmm. So and Matias Samuelson's not an offensive defenseman. So could you put power and Samuelson, the two bigger defensemen that you have mm-hmm. size-wise height and and length together? Mm-hmm. and say, your job is to defend. Your job is to defend. And then all of a sudden, you're taking Daleen into a different role, and you put him with Ryan Johnson, possibly, or with Yoki you, but that's been tried before, but maybe more with Ryan Johnson. And you say, hey, you guys are transition, offense, move the puck, move your feet. I think that opens up some options. And again, now I'm talking about Ryan Johnson, not only on the top six, but on the top four, because that's where I think he belongs.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be hard for him to carve out the top four minutes um, based on everything you just said. And then, you know, the longer <laughs> your evaluation of the defense score went on, the more I was thinking, well, they're going to have to go back to playing seven. <laughs> well, yeah, not- because now you got <laughs> Yoki, R.U. Clifton, Eric Johnson.
3: And you're like, wow, it's but, again like who do you set without. Right. And, say- yeah.
0: And and look, people have their targets and. um you can't avoid it as a professional athlete, uh, obviously, um, analytically speaking, I test, uh, at times, um, you know, it, it has been a challenge for Johnson and Clifton and, or each of them individually away from the other at times. But last night, when you're rating the victory, you can go through the roster and recognize how many guys had good games. And I think those guys would fall into that category too. You you they just definitely. said it with Ryan Johnson, like nobody's perfect. Like there's gonna be a handful of sometimes glaring mistakes in the course of a game. It's how you that's how you manage it. So and so, it was a low penalty game too, last
3: yeah. Time. Ryan Johnson while on the ice uh against the Boston Bruins. At five on 5 16 shot attempts, four seven against. That's a plus nine. It was best on the Sabers last night. Now you also have to consider strength of matchups and who well, you're playing against.
0: But his highest was actually guys on the top line for Boston. Yes, he, now, he was, did, he, but he didn't, he didn't he didn't see them as much as Samuelson and Power did. No, nope. in his limited minutes the higher percentage of his minutes were against Boston's better guys.
3: Shots on goals were actually 10-3 for the Sabers when uh, Ryan Johnson was on the ice. But mm-hmm. you look at Eric Johnson's number and Connor Clifton's number to a certain extent and they were really good. Eric Johnson 17-9 shot attempts when on the ice mm-hmm. uh at 5-on-5. Five five. So but again this is where Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton play more against um you know the other team's third line, maybe even fourth line. Um, you're on the road, so you didn't control the matchups, but I think it was pretty steady all night, the way that that was. And Connor Clifton made a nice play to Tate Thompson. I I Mm illustrated it in the uh, second intermission, but it was, you know what? So many times you're a defenseman, you're at the blue line, and the winger comes up to you and you get pushed out of the zone. And mm-hmm. Clifton says, no, I'm going to go around the winger and I'm going to cut that that puck off on the wall and I'm going to go to the slot with it. Again, it's about compete, right? Because that's a compete play. Don't get pushed out of the zone. Jump in front of your winger and then feed it to Thompson. That's exactly what he did. It was James Van Riemsdijk, I think, that tried to blow the zone and Clifton went around him.
0: And it's another example of how close you are Agony, ecstasy. Like, look at the stick that is that close to checking Tage Thompson, Thompson on yeah. that one timer. And yeah. prior to the Olafson goal, how close were the Bruins to tying it? Wide open backdoor play. Puck hops over the stick. It should yes. have been a tap-in, two-two game. Boom. Play goes up the ice. Olafson gets a two-on-one and scores. The, this is why some of the games have been more lopsided and more frustrating from a coaching standpoint, right? When you talk about compete, like you have to stay with all these moments, and the Sabers did and quickly turned it up the ice and away they went. Like it was, it was shocking, quite frankly, watching it in the moment because you're like, oh boy, they're hemmed in, it's going to be tied, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, how are they leading three-one
3: here? But you no, know? you know how they're leading three-one is the start of the third period said the tone. Skinner chance on a rebound on the back door. He shot it over the net, but it was a scramble by Allmark um, that started. That was three minutes in, and then you had Robinson on a breakaway, Skinner and Thompson on a two-on-one. Like those are three really good chances. You didn't just say, "Hey, Boston, we know we're up two-one. We're gonna just protect the lead and sit back." They had three of the best chances earlier on the third period, and yes. You get a bounce, puck bounced over a stick, and they weren't able to get a good look at a chance. Levi recovered partially. He could have made the save, but then Olufsen gets the two-on-one and he gets the shot and he scores. So that third period the start is exactly what Don Granado was talking about often in the last year and a half is play fearless, play on your toes, whichever language and words you want to use. They had that at the start of the third
0: um we have a variety of themes each day on this show like this or that fill in the blank one word um i'm going with fill in the blank here on eric robinson's Saber's debut was blank
3: Sing- i, I, I want to say significant that's the first but he he stood out he stood out to me and what the first thing that don Granado said when talk about eric robinson and what does he bring he says wow size why wow. is like you can see his size and he used this size really well, mostly getting to the front of the net, being, uh, you know, a disturbance when pucks are around the net, around Linus mark. They had a good chance, right? He was, he, he thought he had scored a goal. Well, I, I feel the NHL made the right call on that one. So we're not, you know, don't have to. Spent too much time on it because the Sabres ended up winning regardless of it. But he was in front of the net where you want him to be. And it brought Krebs to the front of the net. And it brought Oposo to the front of the net. Uh, Something that we haven't seen a lot from that line. So I think Robinson had that impact.
0: Yes, I agree. I think it was a strong night for that line, uh, impactful in certain ways for sure. All part of what was a Buffalo 3 1 win at Boston, a place that, uh, a matchup, quite frankly, that has been very, very difficult for the Sabres to endure. Just their fourth victory in the last 25 head to head meetings with the Bruins. One of the reasons they uh, secured, oh, by the way, the two number 50s in Sabres history now each have a victory. Robinson is one for one in his career. Nathan Lewin won just one of his uh, half dozen appearances with the Sabres back in the day in 2014. He won a nine-round shootout against the Devils with Billy Lano scoring the shootout winner. It'll go down as one of the great trivia questions of all time. Anyway, (laughs) J.J. Paterka, last one uh, as far as individual Sabres here before we hit a break and bring in Shana Goldman. Um, J.J.
3: Paterka... The shots, right? He, the, the amount of shots that he's taking now is is exactly what you want to see. Like, we had our prop last night. We would have hit the prop the same game, Parley, the FanDuel prop because it was Thompson goal over two and a half, and it was Dylan Cousins' four shots on goal. Cousins had two after the first period. I believe he stayed at two for the whole game. Uh-huh. Uh, but if it had been JJ Petorca's shot prop, it, it would have hit, right? Because he's been shooting the puck a ton this uh, this last few games here. Nine goals, 18 points in his last 20. Now,
0: that's, I think, even more um, pronounced or relevant based on the fact that, look, this is there have been some very tough stretches for the Sabres during that time, and yet he's maintained a, a level of consistency to his game. Marty, he's tied for the team lead in goals with 11. Yep. That is one shy of his entire total last year as an yep. NHL rookie. This is a major, major development, in my opinion, that Paterka, and, and I'm not shying from, I mean, obviously now I'm super excited about the fact that I thought JJ could push 25 to 30 goals this year. It's just like anybody that doesn't believe that now, I don't know
3: what they're watching jj had six shots on goal last night he had six shot attempts so he was perfect every shot attempt he took hit the net and four of those shots were from the slot that's what you want you don't want jj throwing pucks from the half wall you want him to work his way to the middle of the ice and i've been seeing a lot of him physically being a little bit more assertive right mm-hmm. yes he had the hit on charlie mcavoy yesterday and wasn't sure how the league was going to look at it but it's almost 12 30 here on friday and sabers play tomorrow and we haven't heard anything from the department of player safety so i think it's gonna go clean um you know yeah. it was a, a reverse you, hit yeah, it's well, a reverse do you, hit
0: do you think mcavoy like i look at that and you know what i think i think that's like me emptying the dishwasher but leaving a cupboard door open and then when i lift my head up to put the dish in. Like I smacked my head on the, on the, on the cupboard yeah. door. Like, yeah. I think that's what McAvoy was there. It was like, he, he looked up and then it was like, Oh boy. Like that's he me. Almost, Duffer. He almost ran himself into it. You know,
3: that's me hitting my head on the glass. When our cab driver in Chicago hit the curb so hard trying to do a U in traffic. Free that reader. was, you know, we, we lost a wheel somewhere in Chicago, but that was definitely like the same feeling. And look, I get that those reverse hits sometimes can be uh penalized. They can even be suspended in the way that they happen. Mm-hmm. Paterka didn't raise his elbow. He had his elbow tucked in and McAvoy ran into his arm. He did give him the reverse hit. And I, I showed the, uh, the middle stat goal against Detroit. It starts with two reverse hit by JJ right. Paterka, one high in the zone, one low in the zone. He's doing that a lot. Can I have to be careful not to go over the line? But, when there's a, a, a puck battle, a race for a puck, you're entitled to give a little body to the player you're going to battle with. This one was a little bit more sneaky. Like McAvoy is like, hey, there's a puck, I got to get to the puck. And JJ's like, I'm going to stand between you and the puck. But I, if it had been a penalty for interference, I would have said, fine, it's a penalty. But I don't think it's more than a penalty on the play.
0: And who are the two sneakiest repeat offenders? on the Bruins, Marchand and McAvoy. They will do anything over and over and over, on the line, over the line, whatever it takes. That's why these types of plays need to be part of the Sabres repertoire moving forward, and that's how you compete, if you will
3: who is one of the best at reverse hitting peter in forsberg. the history of like peter forsberg
0: it's Number actually one. the forsberg it's, it's not called the forsberg
3: yes. yes it's called the forsberg but you know who did it well in buffalo for years and oh, was a good good goal scorer um, it was JP Dumont. JP yes. Dumont wasn't the most physical guy, but when he had the puck on the wall and he saw somebody come in for him, he stiffened up. One mm. hand on his stick, back to the player, stiffened up, and he protected the puck a ton by doing so. Mm. Um, so it's, it, it has to be part of the way that you apply physicality. It's yeah. not always the big open ice hits. And JJ Paterka, a little bit like Forsberg, can play that strong puck protecting, body contact type of game jp dumont did that for a few years that was good
0: sabers are looking for young fans to be part of the game experience on january the 20th when the team takes on the lightning for kids takeover day roles include junior social media editor junior reporter and i'm going to throw in junior game night analyst as marty will take a well-deserved night off okay i can't confirm that but make your submission now at sabers.com takeover i'll see what i can do you can scan the qr code on the screen right now on msg and you can welcome in shana goldman as we will next on sabers live call from mom answer it call silenced
4: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: We're back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
0: Due to contractual obligations, uh, we will spend a significant portion of this segment with Shana Goldman from The Athletic talking about goaltending. It's in Marty's contract, and we feel like we haven't exhausted this quite frankly. Oh, Marty, you've oh, got whoa, digital ground. Look,
3: look at this physical effect. I, gotta, I love it. I got to move. Maybe, maybe I touch tending. a wire. You I just touch never a wire. Know you're
0: going to get with goaltending. Shana, the goaltending uh, world is fascinating once again, not only here in Buffalo, where just a week ago, Devin Levi was in Rochester. Now he's victorious against the Boston Bruins and Lukanen remains sick and Comrie remains winless since his first game. But you look around what's happened in Calgary with the Markstrom injury and now Toronto with the wall injury and Carolina can't get a save and on and on and on and on it goes. How many times have we asked you, (laughs) is the goalie carousel ever going to start spinning here? And are we going to see movement among the ranks?
5: You would think, right? If any year is a prime market for goalie movement, it's right now. Mm -hmm. But general managers, like us, don't understand goaltending. So they're so hesitant to make a move. And making an in-season move with goaltending is all the more difficult. But if you're going to do it, like the time is now. You don't want to do this at the deadline where you say, Mm -hmm. you have a month and a half to adjust to a new system and a new goalie coach and a new everything. And and also on an individual level, just like get your mindset right of being somewhere else. You know, you want to have more time. The more time, the better. That's why we see off-season goalie movement more than in-season but like you got 70% of the season at this point. So if you're going to make a change, you should be thinking about it sooner than later. And when you see injuries pop up, like the pressure goes on a little bit more. I feel like we just need one team to make a move. The second one team makes a move, one goalie trade, one goalie on waivers, something we will get more. But until that happens, who's to say?
3: Yeah. Who's to say, although we did have three shutouts last night, Cam Talbot, uh, we had Peter Morazic and we had um Casey DeSmith with the Vancouver Canucks. So um it can come from everywhere, but if I was asking you, Shayna, this or that, who is the better of these two goalies? Aiden Hill or Cam Talbot? Two guys that probably wouldn't put at the top of the list. Who would be your pick between Aiden Hill and Cam Talbot? This or that?
5: For the rest of the season? For the rest yeah, of For the rest okay. of the season. Okay, I'm going to go Aiden Hill, my hot take. I'm going to go Aiden Hill. Um, I am thrilled <laughs> for Cam Duff, Talbot. I know he's the, giving you the thumbs up. He's liking it, but yes. Yeah, like, listen, I think it's fantastic what's going on for Cam Talbot right now. Um, I had my doubts. I was the first one to say it. I didn't think he was going to be great in LA. Mm-hmm. I think that from what I've seen of his career, I think that he's done better behind a little bit of chaos. But at mm-hmm. this point in his career, I don't think that would be the case. And I think Ottawa kind of showed that last year. He was slightly below average. But he was bad behind a defensive team like Minnesota the year before that. So it was really tricky to project how he was going to be behind L.A. But, you know, if you're going to be in a position to succeed, the Kings are one of the best teams to be behind. They have a good offense this year. Finally, they're finishing their chances, something new for them. Plus, they're really stout defensively. So all that works in their favor. But he's been excellent. Having said that, we don't know how goalies age. None yeah. of us do. The goalies don't even know how they age. Experts don't even know. So we don't know how that's going to last all season long. And obviously. In a system like the Kings have, I think that he has a better chance of success long term than he would elsewhere. But I also wouldn't bet on him for the entire season, which is why we all know they might think about things at the deadline. Aiden Hill, on the other hand, I mean, he doesn't have to be super busy behind L.A., but I think that he's been better um, this season. He's like second in goal saved to have expected, if I remember correctly, behind Thatcher Demko on evolving hockey. And on the other hand, we saw him be good behind a bad Coyote team before. So I have a little bit more faith in him.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I'm not going to take anything away from the Stanley Cup winner. So Aiden Hill deserves to hold on to that title for a while. The interesting development with goaltending as it pertains to coaching, because we know the cliche, give us one and you'll get the other as far as, you know, um, being uh, measured on success. The Oilers had no goaltending. It cost their coach his job. Now they are getting enough goaltending to win consistently The Wild are in the same boat, save for last night. Yes, they lost to Vancouver, but they've been getting – Gustafson has been so much better here lately. What does this all mean, Shana? I mean, are we – like because we assumed Edmonton was going to make a move for goaltending. Now I feel like that's a backburner thing. Um, Minnesota, I don't think we were expecting them to make a move. But Carolina – don't they have to make a move? My goodness. Watch Rod Brindamore's 72nd postgame presser last night. And you're like, oh, <laughs> this, yeah. this is not going well for the Hurricanes.
5: Yeah. Like the Wild, they never expected to make a move. I just figured they'd rebound. And I think changing out at least their penalty killing coach was mm-hmm. warranted because that wasn't just a goaltending problem. That was an everybody problem. But, you know, the team is playing better. You could see a five on five how they're trending in the right direction. And they really weren't bad defensively all year. Like they really were in a five on five, but the goaltending made it look worse because Mm. any mistake ended up in the back of the net. So I kind of felt like they were going to be fine. They just needed at least average goaltending, which now they're getting. And now they're picking up the player in front of the net. Kaprizov and Boldy were slow. So now that they're, you know, picking it up and you see, you know, the return of Jared Spurgeon is huge for someone like Jacob Middleton that even now their top pair is playing at the level you expect them to be. I thought they were going to be fine. The Oilers should still make a move for goaltending. If I'm them, you have far too much riding on this in next season because the Leon Draisaitl contract situation, like you don't, the clock's ticking, but they don't have all the money in the world and they have that, you know, giant weight of Jack Campbell's contract that they were always going to be in a tricky spot. Mm-hmm. So if I'm them, I'm still looking for a low-key option. I wouldn't overspend there because I think it's not the only position they should address. They should do something on defense too. So <laughs> good luck to Ken Holland and Jeff Jackson, apparently, because they're sharing the committee. But if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, you need to get on the market for a goaltender. You don't know how long Frederick Anderson's out. Anti-Ranta, who generally we would say when he's healthy, he'll be fine, has not been fine. And Kochekov, yes, he's heating up as of late. I'm still not completely sold. You have one of the best defenses in the league. And if Uh your goaltending can't manage the workload that they're given, I would want a little bit more. Like, at what point are they going to make a big splash? At what point are the Canes going to do something to push their chances along?
0: Do either of you think Peter Morazic is the answer in a return to Carolina?
5: No,
3: (laughs) Um, I
0: think think it could be.
3: I think the problem with Carolina, but he's, yeah, yeah, but he's,
0: but he had, he had a good play there. And I think there's some familiarity that, that Don Waddell would appreciate, but
3: the problem is with a a Marazic trade and and any goalie trade with Carolina is you're going to have to take a goalie back. Who are you taking? Right. Yeah. Are you taking Ranta, whose uh, injuries are you taking? You're not taking Anderson. I think Carolina says we've got to keep Anderson. And I don't think they part ways with Kachetkov. So it's Ranta. I don't know that anybody would want anti-Renta back because of the history there with injury. And it hasn't mm-hmm. seemed to work well uh, for them. But I we talked about goaltending. But I don't think that's the reason why the San Jose Sharks are winning now. Um if people are not watching the sharks at least they're fun they they are yep. fun to watch they came back against the Islanders came back against Detroit you know ruining Patrick Kane's return last night um is this a new way of playing for the sharks uh, they didn't start good 0-10 and 1 to first 11 but now they seem to be rolling
5: yeah it's it's so odd i i don't know if it's the sharks doing something better and i feel like they've been pretty good on the road right like we hadn't seen them much on the road and now we are And you look at the game against New Jersey, I think that was a matter of bad goaltending from the Devils. You look at the game against the Rangers, and it looked like the Rangers just took their foot off the gas because they played the Sharks. And next thing you know, it's a 6-5 game. The Islanders, it's the same thing. They're one of the worst third-period teams in the league, so who could have seen them losing a 4-1 lead? They have, I think, the second-to-worst third-period goal differential in the league. Then you go to the Red Wings, and they've been playing really well. But we did see them let a lead slip away against Buffalo the other day. But I just think it's more of the sharks, like a no-quit attitude. And I have a lot of criticisms for David Quinn as a coach. Mm-hmm. I I mean I could the list is long, but the one thing I did notice in New York was a level of resilience that the Rangers didn't have before he came in. So I wonder if that is something going on here. Maybe he lets the players play a little bit looser when they're down in games, which is a score effects thing. But I think the other thing is everybody not taking the sharks seriously because of their turn to start that we all saw. I think everybody's underestimating them and they go out to these leads and then you go into a defensive shell and think that you'll be fine when you can't do that. Not against anybody, including the Sharks.
3: Okay. Quickly, Duffer. I want to jump this because we talked goaltending, Ville Uso I mean, they made the move Detroit, right? And um, look, Alex Lyon has had a good start. James Reimer to a certain extent has had a good start. Is Ville Yuso an issue for the,
5: uh, the Detroit Red Wings right now? I mean, a little bit. I think like he's <laughs> been slightly above average this season. Before that game, it's yes. not. It's not been all horrible. It hasn't been all great. It was like a very good start, a very slow stretch, and now he started picking it up again before last night. So. I actually still like him enough as a 1A, but I think Alex Lyon is definitely the 1B I would go with over James Reimer, yeah. and he's proving that with every start. I don't know if we're to the point where Lyon's going to start stealing starts from him, per se, but I think you can. they should ride with the, you know, the hot hand. I think they're getting better offensively. I think they've improved elsewhere, you know, like all over the ice, really. So now you just need the goaltending to be a little bit more stable now that they've kind of trended in the right direction after completely crashing back down to earth. But they do need a little bit more from him,
0: so do you have a goaltender in mind who's going to be the first one traded?
5: uh Jake Allen probably I think allen after that Sam Montebo extension became the most expendable because nobody wants a three goalie system, but in that same line of thinking, I would be contemplating James Reimer if I'm the Red Wings too I think that they could use it like another forward or even just picks that you can you know flip at a later date. I would just want to you know, move out Reimer, focus on the two I have and roll with that.
3: Well, word is, is that Caden Primo will get the start against the Sabres tomorrow. So they went Montembo back to back games and now they're going to Caden Primo. I mean, if you're Jake Allen, you're saying, am I a part of the Montreal moving forward? I think you're probably right. He'd be the one on the top of my list for a team to acquire. And look, he has you know, another year on his contract. You're not just getting a rental for the end of the year. You're getting a guy for next year as well that could be a veteran in your room and give you solid goaltending. Dana, yeah.
0: on the podcast earlier this week, I uh, prompted Marty with a question. And most of the time, it's all very spontaneous and we end up being on the same page. Uh, I said, Ooh. Marty, pick a player or a team that you feel deserves some attention right now. And his answer almost brought me to tears because I am in love with this player. Who would you want to talk about right now around the league that deserves even more attention?
3: I'll give you a hint. I'll give you, you a hint. It, no, I don't. It doesn't have to be the same guy. I I mean, no, but that I, the one, I want her to guess who we guess. I want it to be fun. I want it to. And he had a monster game for a team that beat a Buffalo Sabres record with now 11 wins to start the season on the road. Connor Ingram. No, that was L.A. I'm talking about. <laughs> L.A. last oh. night. <laughs> I'm
5: guessing Quentin, the player. And I was like, yeah,
3: Quentin Byfield. Quentin Byfield.
5: Oh, OK. That's a see, that's a good one. OK, and, so
3: now we need to spend more time in the same room so you can get the same wa- wavelengths like on Zoom. It gets interrupted. You saw my connection before. It was <laughs> yeah. like all scrambly. So that's why we need to be in the same room more often.
5: We're gonna dig a little spoon tunnel from Long Island to Buffalo, and we'll be able to just like (laughs) rip the Erie Canal
0: (laughs) is
3: gonna be alive and well again.
0: (laughs) Who's your guy? Who's your guy then that you think has just been wow? I can't. I'm so enjoying watching this player take the next step, or just dominating in general.
5: That's your Demko. Yeah, okay. Pumped for him. I love it. I think that the Vancouver market is a tough one. We all focus on like. Edmonton and Toronto and rightfully so like Toronto's the center of the universe of course we're talking about Toronto all the time but I am excited for Demko I think last year was really uncharacteristic for him and with goaltenders like we don't know if that was the start of a new trend or that was the outlier season. And I think a lot of us bet on him rebounding this year, but that puts pressure on him to actually reach those expectations. And I think he's done that with flying colors. He's been outstanding. I think he's playing at a pace that nobody could keep up. But then again, I didn't think Saros could keep up last year's pace and just in the year before that, because we're seeing numbers that like we've never seen before against Mm -hmm. some of the best shooters and some of the most offensive seasons we've seen in years but the way he's playing is stealing them games. The way he's playing is being that game breaker. I feel like everyone's talking about Hughes for the heart. And I think we need more goaltenders in the heart conversation. It is goalie erasure that we don't have that right now.
3: Yeah, wow. it is definitely uh Not trending right for the goalies, but I feel like when Jose Theodore won the MVP, that kind of ruined it because he shouldn't have won the MVP that year. But that's okay; Uh, We've had our moments. Um, I love that. you Are are you a believer in the Vancouver Canucks now? Because I remember two, three (laughs) weeks ago you said no, not at all.
5: No, I thought thought that they had a lucky start, that they were going to turn into a good stretch. You know, like they just needed to keep improving while they had the luck. And I felt like they weren't doing enough, but I think that we're seeing these improvements and it looks like even management kind of has things, you know, in the right direction. And when you see guys like Kuzmenko struggling to have Lafferty step up in the way, he has, like, they've been good. And they're exciting. Like I'm pumped to watch them every night.
0: Okay. We got to fly. We have a new segment called who's the bigger jerk. It is next here on Sabres live. Shayna, have a (laughs) great weekend. Thank you. And we'll see you soon.
1: back with more of sabers live presented by seneca resorts and casinos nothing else comes close
0: welcome back of course a game against the bruins couldn't be uh wouldn't be complete without stupidity from brad Marchand. that was uh completely unacceptable last night his uh leg takedown of henry Okiharyu um Real-time is the better look. Unfortunately, we're showing in in uh slow-mo replay here. But when Yoki Hari was coming around from behind the net and Marshawn had him lined up, and I I just thought it was cheap. It's Marshawn's career. It's been that way always. That's why I don't give him the benefit of the doubt on anything. But it may have paled, Marty, in comparison to Austin Watson for absolute stupidity and unsportsmanlike conduct at the end of last night's game.
3: Well, let's set this one up. There's like four seconds left in the game. In a 5-1 game, that is, Tampa is down 5-1. And 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 Austin Watson has the puck inside his own blue line. It's not a trying to take a shot on goal when you're down a goal and you're like desperately going to shoot it at the buzzer. There's no way you need to shoot that puck. And he shoots it right at the Nashville player there. And center that knocked him down. Luckily, nobody got hurt, but it was just a stupid play. Reminded me a lot of Lyle Oderline taking the shot at the Sabres bench years ago. It may have, it wasn't the forum because he, there was glass behind, but it was the early going of the Molson Center at the time, now the Bell Center.
0: Jeremy Lausanne was the victim of the slap yes. shot. Uh, Watson got a $22,000 uh, fine, big whoop, and uh, life goes on. Buffalo, Montreal tomorrow, one word. Win.